Warning. Oh Seriously? no. Guys, this chair. Can you hear that? No. I'm also sitting in an incredibly creaky chair. Okay, it doesn't we look like it's showing up on my Audacity recording, so I think we're good. Warning. Serious Business is a podcast about Homestuck, recorded on three incredibly creaky chairs. <laughs> oh, no. Why you <laughs> no, gotta call I like us that. out like that? I like that. that keep it in. On keep three it in. Incredibly <laughs> creaky chairs with a clock in the background, also. Listen, you got Bastion's clock, you got my furnace, and you got Sam's sniffle breathing, so. Hey, that was. <laughs> I would, had an illness. Yeah, um, and I just ate a shit ton of hot, spicy salsa. We're oof. all suffering, man, but we're getting through it. Anyway, hello, and welcome to Serious Business. Wait, we're going with it? We're yes! going with yes, it. Yes, we are! Uh, heads up right at the beginning. This is a bit of a re-record. We tried our first in-person recording, and it didn't super turn out well. But we're back at it. Better, stronger. Separate. More safer. insights. And uh, we're, we're going to get back into it. So, Hell yeah, baby. Sam, do you have... We need Second. to introduce ourselves. Oh shit! You're right. You dumb fuck. Oh, right. You know what? No, this is my podcast now. I forgot. I'm taking over. <laughs> How it's up? My name is Samaria. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm munching on a big old box of serotonin sour surprise, baby. What? That's a flavor of gushers. To be to be clear. <laughs> that See, is that's why I gotta is. go first. Yeah, but. No, context is important. If they've read it, then they have the context. Yeah, if they James haven't, hasn't. then that's if their If you did problem. your homework, you'd understand. My name is Sam. My pronouns are he, him, and my favorite flavor of Gushers is Cool Ranch Dorito. My name is Bastion. My pronouns are he, they, and my favorite flavor of Gushers is Kropotkin Kinder Surprise. Oh, no. Like you chonk on it and then it's just got a toy in there. Like I feel like that one might actually go against the FDA. Uh, the FDA can suck it. It's yes, fine. It Unlike it's children obviously, on toys. Obviously only available in Russia. We had one episode together and now we've all lost our minds. Indeed. So Sam, for the second time, do you have any first impressions? Of this section? I don't know if they can be considered first impressions Well, they've anymore. been marinating for another they've been week. Like, a bit. I don't know that another um, week's going to give you a whole bunch. Uh, yeah. I should say for this section, we read the third chunk we have made of Act 3. That's pages 950 through 1051. Yeah. Um, this was a very interesting segment. Um, not a lot of huge revelations. This is This is continuing the process of pulling back the large sticker or whatever to see mm. underneath it. We're, we're, we're getting more and more things along with more and more questions. Um, I, I reread this section for today. I'm apparently the only one who did uh, the reading twice. Okay, way to put uh, us on blast. I'm not going to listen, listen. But in, in hey. reading it the second hey. time, I actually had a... Oh, You're not the only yes. one who did the reading twice. We just did the reading the first yeah. time a long time Come ago. Come on, Sam. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. I'm listen, listen, fake fan right here. I know. It may I know. have been twenty new fan. But who cares? <laughs> Anyways, but um in in rereading it today, I had a moment of kind of like because we have the the whole segment with like Jade's dream sequence, and I had a feeling of like, this is like a creepy Disney princess. Like it's very hmm. the trappings of Disney princess. But I don't like what this is. Something about this feels bad and wrong, and I don't trust it. Yeah. So that was my uh, that was my my new That's first true. impression. I mean, she's got the magical dog. She's got like all the trappings of like magical so dog. high society and the well. We'll get into Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll but she's yeah. got all the the money uh, and the father dead lives yeah. lives in a tower. By herself. In a tower, yeah. On an island. On an island. Yeah, yeah. Uh, near a mystical temple. Like, this could be the opening of, of a Disney film. For sure. A very weird Disney film. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Homestuck, a weird Disney film. We don't start this section with Jade, though. We start this section with Dad. Uh, What's up? Forming a nice character. transition from uh, John's sort of freak out about what he finally finds in Dad's room. Uh, we transition to Dad on the dark planet uh, throw, using his immense strength to throw away the vault that was apparently placed in front of his jail cell that he broke out of. I love that Dad Egbert, like, uh, my brain immediately sort of puts it into D&D terms, because that's mm. one. And so it feels to me like somebody was like, I want to make a character who's a dad. Uh, my weapon proficiencies are shaving cream and lifting safes. And the DM just said, okay, yeah. sure. It's it's sure. someone's, like, fifth D&D character after they've, yeah. like, done the whole elven princess thing or whatever. It's very good, and I enjoy it a lot. Um, but this uh, vandalization and destruction of property on the part of Dad Egbert uh, is overseen by our My once again. Cat. Well, a mysterious agent who, yes, then we find out is named Jack Noir. Jack Noir. Not um, Spade Slick. Not Spade Slick. Not Spade Slick. Yeah, no, he does look strikingly similar to Spade Slick. We, um, we get this whole little sequence where he's, like, supposed to, like, state his name, sort of like the kids. Um, and we see a keyboard and hands typing. Mm-hmm. and Hands typing the narrative prompt of the story. Yeah. So, so the, the, the player, sort of, in quotations, is now being seen. And I'm a little... But... We only see it twice, and then we move on. Is this also the point where we get the reveal that, uh, yes, we do. Jack is surrounded by three fenestrated walls. The fourth wall has gone missing. (laughs) Through these fenestrated walls, uh, if you are familiar with the fenestrated walls from uh, Homestuck Act 6 and from Problem Sleuth, they, they allow you to see into other places, sort of maybe transport their... Uh, in, in Problem Sleuth, they transport you between the imaginary world and the real world. Uh, but here, Jack is just using them to see things that happen uh, in other parts of the shadowy kingdom. We find out this is, in fact, yes, the arch agent, Jack Noir. My sister has a cat named Jack Noir because when she adopted him, his name was Black Jack. But she didn't like that name, and so she shook it up a little bit. Um, my sister, who most notably has not read Homestuck ever, knows jack shit about it and and doesn't know fuck all about it, she was telling friends, like, oh, yeah, this is my cat, Jack Noir. And they were like, Homestuck? And she was like, no. The way you said your sister is most notable for having not read Homestuck, as if she is a very boring person, and that is the most interesting thing about her. Nah, my sister's cool as shit. My sister rocks. I like my sister very much. But when this whole shit was coming out, like when she was like, this is my cat, Jack Noir, she had multiple friends who were like, like the Homestuck character. Mm. And she was like, what? No. It's not all about Homestuck, you stupid stoner piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so, yeah, my sister has this accidental Homestuck legacy that she does not understand and i didn't until now and now i've met the man there is an interesting piece of note from hussy here which says uh i'm going to try to parse out the spoilers here but it says jack at this stage is the villain villains in homestuck tend to be meta villains that is they exist much closer to the surface of the story's meta bubble and often interact with the way it is told for instance jack noir is the original owner of the fourth wall As a universal bureaucratic game construct, he can keep tabs on everything going on in the session, including just outside the story. Okay. He he does seem to have some important role in this situation. Um, We see him directly interact with the mighty ruler or whatever the Mm. guy's... The, The glorious monarch? Who shows up and says, put your fucking hat back on. Yeah, Jack is sort of like in the like middle management position in hell yeah 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 that was definitely the vibe i got of like the the mid-level bureaucrat who has to deal with everybody's shit on both sides which honestly been there jack tells uh another minion to put a bigger safe in front of dad's uh 
cell, and then we promptly see Dad with this larger minion in a headlock, and Jack leaves to uh, go take care of this mess himself. Um, it's worth a moment of silence here for the Voltala gag, as it is not mm-hmm. continued in the comic. Uh, R.I.P. Rest it is a top-tier pun. That, absolutely. That was a fantastic gag. Moment of silence over. Let's move on. Uh, (laughs) After this, John opens some birthday presents. um, Yeah! And uh, gets some dumb Silidex bullshit. Actually, he gets the most useful possible Silidex modus. Yes, and then promptly discards it. Absolutely fuck that. I will not be doing that. Have a nice uh, because day. the Silidex modus he receives is the array modus, and array is like a line of, of items self-contained within itself. It is a computer science term. It is the most useful inventory system we have seen to date in Homestuck, except for maybe Dave's uh, hash wrap, hash map. It's the normal point-and-click game inventory system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John says, I can't launch things out of this. It's boring. Uh, this is so, way too useful. I yeah. got to make this convoluted as shit. And, and then he does. He does. Uh, he turns his inventory into an array of Q stacks, which means it's full of multiple uh, things, which he can take uh, items from the top or bottom of. I'm not going to dwell on it anymore because it's not super relevant from here on out. Instead of one useless piece of bullshit, he can launch. He can now launch any of four useless pieces of bullshit. He also gets gushers and a suit. And then, yes, let's talk about the gushers, shall we? Uh, okay, true facts. I I did not know Betty Crocker owned gushers. That was not a thing that I knew until I read this. And then I Googled it and was like, hold on. Actually, Andrew Hussey says that that's not a thing that he knew when he first included gushers into Homestuck as a gag. Uh, Hussey does say it was as mind-blowing to me as it was to John, so I am very glad Hussey spares us the mental breakdown, I'm sure, that he had when he made this discovery. in-depth mental breakdown. Now, the first time we recorded this episode, we started it with Bastion having me look up Gushers.com. It's an official website, but it's a Tumblr blog. It's a Tumblr blog. And the and memes are memes rancid. Like, they are the most stale memes. Just uninteresting corporate memes. Yeah. It's very, how do you do, fellow kids? And not about it. Uh, this flash freakout, uh, though, we should note quick, is page 979, S. John Mental Breakdown. The song is Hardly Quinn by Mark Hadley. The full song is longer than what is in The Flash. Oh, and it was available on Homestuck Volumes 1 through 4. And The Flash is a direct parallel to John's previous breakdown over his revelations about his father, and it is a direct undercutting of the seriousness of that moment. John has a breakdown, and it's like, oh, okay, we've got like a buildings roman, John is learning about his father and having the, oh, my dad's not Superman, except for it's my dad isn't super into clowns <laughs> moment. Um, and then this immediately follows it. And it's like, oh, okay, John will just have a breakdown about breakdown about anything, basically yeah. anything. The foundations of his world are being shaken. <laughs> From there, we go to the very next page. It's also a Flash animation, page 980, S. Jade Retrieve Package. And this is the page where we meet Becquerel for realsies. Yeah. And we have, like, Jade's, like, proper strife. Because we had a strife in very large quotation marks with Grandpa's stuffed corpse. Uh, But this time we actually, like, have a strife. Yeah, with, with actual the, weapons. With actual weapons and a guardian who fits the art style of the guardians a lot better. Mm. Um, so, whereas yeah, Grandpa Harley, I, Gra- I believe Grandpa, Grandpa Harley, Harley has, has, a face. has a face, 
which is not something once the guardians. I was going to mention. I mean, bros. That I thought Becquerel's design was fucking creepy as shit because the first time I didn't really acknowledge it, and then the second time I was reading it today, I was like, the dog not having a face makes me uncomfortable. And then now that you point out, oh, a Homestuck guardian, that makes a lot more sense now of of the because I thought it was just like, oh, it's a it's a radioactive dog. It doesn't have a face. That makes sense. Uh, but seeing it as a Homestuck uh, yeah. Guardian. Yeah, that all radioactive dogs can do the things that Beck does. Um, <laughs> because in addition to uh, this just being another parent strife, uh, Jade actually tries to shoot Beck multiple times uh, using a wide array of A words. Uh, what we see when we control Jade to shoot Beck is kind of a growth of kind of an introduction of the powers that Beck has. So the first shot, a rain, Jade just shoots Beck and the bullet melts. It burns away and does no harm to Beck. The second shot, arsenalize, uh, Jade shoots Beck and then Beck shrinks down himself and Jade to the size of the bullet they ride the bullet across the lagoon in which the frog temple is located, and then Beck returns them back to their normal size. For the third shot, Artillerate, uh, Beck transports the bullet throughout the blank void of space before we once again return to the lagoon and the frog temple. Jade shoots Beck for Armamentify next, uh, and we get to see glimpses of locations we have seen previously in the story including Jade's foyer, Jade's island, uh, Dave's rooftop with Bro, um, outside Rose's mausoleum, the bedroom inside the laboratory, and John's front yard. One thing of note, none of these locations are inside the game at this present moment because of the timey-wimeyness of the story. John has not quite yet entered the medium from Jade's perspective. We also see a location that we haven't seen before, um, which is a uh, green sun that flashes briefly in that little montage. For the final bullet, Arf Jade shoots the gun away from Beck, and he goes and fetches the bullet, which allows her time to grab her package. Uh, and then when Beck returns and drops off the bullet, Jade feeds him his irradiated steak and proclaims that he is a good dog and her best friend. friend. It's so precious. Yeah, The tone in this flesh is also heavily influenced by the song, I would say. Uh, The Mm. song is An Unbreakable Union by Robert Blaker, which uh, is our first song on Homestuck Volumes 5 and 6. The song itself is also more like real-world music-inspired than a lot of the video gamey music that we have heard, and it kind of has kind of a darker tone to it, more intensity. The end fanfare is uh, Carefree Victory by Toby Fox and Andrew Ho, which is on Homestuck Volumes 1 through 4. I think we've heard it before in some John winning fanfares. No, that's a different song. Never mind. And so you watch them, like, dance and then hug, and then for a brief moment it, it flashes to that, like, scribble-style art, mm-hmm. and you, you see a, a doodle of Jade... Uh, Becquerel and Grandpa's stuffed corpse, and they're all celebrating together because everything's fine and everyone's <laughs> okay, and we're definitely not hiding or repressing anything. Yeah. All of these kids are totally fine. Trauma in my good Christian Homestuck server. Christian Homestuck server. Who? Listen, we've we've talked before about how Homestuck is Christian, actually. So you know we can. Yeah, what did we say about that? I don't remember. Uh, well, there was the oblique the reference of John eating the apple. Right. Yeah, but we did say that wasn't actually good. That was just an illusion, not a actual. Well, it was no a meaning. it was a clumsy metaphor, but it it is there. The symbolism exists. The symbolism is there. We will. Yeah, we'll we'll return to the idea of John as a savior. Yes, we also haven't really gotten into the uh, 
naming of John as John after the apostle, of course. Um, of course. Of course. Definitely not a random user suggestion online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just being the most common male name pretty much ever. Random user suggestions online can be divinely inspired. It's homestuck like God intended it, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, so, from there, Jade immediately falls asleep. Huzzah. And we get to... Huzzah. Uh, and Becquerel and then... takes her to the house and puts her to bed. Good dog. Good dog. Best, Best friend. friend. Um, then we get a brief uh, Rose interlude. Rose has uh, escapalized. What was the verbiage? It was it was escapalized. Escapalization. Yeah. And appeared in a room well appointed with alcohol which uh she then presumes to infer is her mom's room notably lacking in beds or chairs or any sort of furnishing uh other than uh furnishing a well-stocked the intention of alcohol a well-stocked bar and the a purifier escapalizer platform which, I mean, That's there it. was a bedroom in the lab. So has mom been leaving Rose home alone at night? Probably. No, she didn't leave her home alone. She's got the tentacle princess and all them gosh darn wizards. And Jaspers. And Jaspers. Well, not anymore. <laughs> the mausoleum was outside the house, Bastion. <laughs> well, now uh, she's got a new cat. And the corpse of her old cat. Yay. Yeah. Anyways, the Rose lab then, gets fucking blown up. The lab gets unestablished destructively from orbit, um, which then catches the booze-laden room very much on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we drop that and go to John for a second. Uh, going to do some alchemy. Who punches a bunch of cards, and that's basically all we need to see on that page. Then, dream sequence, we get some interesting stuff because Mm -hmm. Jade is asleep. The little box with the little science science antennas opens up and uh, Robo Jade steps out. uh, Jade's dream bot, um, which seems to mirror jade's movements in her dream um and we get a lot of like direct comparison panels and so this is where i want to bring up like a little sidebar um because this is a good place to introduce a couple of themes that are going to be relevant going forward in homestuck um so the first of which is this is well not our first introduction but the first real indicator that homestuck can be seen through a cyberpunk genre lens. So a little bit about cyberpunk. Um, So summarizing from the the Wikipedia page, um, cyberpunk is science fiction that focuses around themes of low life and high tech, usually juxtaposed against a breakdown of radical change in the social order. It generally tends to include conflict with mega corporations, which we've seen already um, both with Skynet and with the Betty Crocker Corporation. Um, yes, all that conflict with Betty Crocker. Listen, we've had a breakdown, yeah. and also we've some had grounds fights. for conflict. And uh, it also tends to explore ideas of body modification and cybernetics, which is what we're seeing here with uh, Dreambot Jade. Um, we've seen maybe a little bit of the low life aspect um through the kingdom veiled in darkness and archagent jack noir and the high tech through spurb and the way that the kids interact with the game mechanics that seem to be active Mm -hmm. in their reality yeah the integration Uh, of the game in their lives so keeping an eye on those sort of themes of low life and high tech and um, the the breakdown or radical change in the social order, which um, the social order is not 
so much being broken down as it is being completely and utterly destroyed by meteors. But that brings us to the second uh, theme that I want to introduce here, um, which is um, ideas sort of coming out of uh, philosophical transhumanism. Um, most importantly in this section would be um, like the cyborg as an idea of like posthumanism, where Jade has this dream bot that is integrated with her in a way that really seems to make Jade something new. Um, mm. So with themes of transhumanism, we get a, a lot of blending of humanity and machine to create something new. So that's Silivex's dream bot Spurb, like I was already talking about. And we also get themes of the ways humanity can or can't protect itself from existential risks. Um, and uh, that is something that we are very much seeing already with Spurb and the meteors. Um, yeah. which Homestuck, I would say, sort of pushes to the limit in the terms of the scope of um, humanity protecting itself from existential risks, as our current guess is about four people are going to be uh, protected from existential risks. Um, well, plus dad. Plus dad, um, and whatever other... Uh, bystanders get scooped up when the other kids enter the game um so yeah those are two sort of major lenses uh to keep in mind as we go forward before we get too far past jade's dream bot i also want to note that this could be a possible reference to earthbound earthbound was a 1994 video game released by nintendo it was a, a jrpg set in like the present world uh, and homestuck takes uh, a bit of inspiration from and references to earthbound at points notably in the end of the video game spoilers i guess for a game that came out over 30 years ago um the main villain travels back in time and uh, is followed by the main protagonists However, humans can't travel back in time, and so these protagonists need to put their souls into robot bodies so that they can then travel back in time. Uh, so the idea of the robot self is very much sort of in Earthbound. Um, so from Jade's, uh, Jade's dream sequence, we transition as Jade picks up the blue birthday package, um, both in the dream and in... Uh, her tower and then it transitions to uh john Wait, before we leave the i do like how when she holds up the box it says good thing you already know what's inside otherwise you would surely be consumed by curiosity and suspense you sincerely pity anyone who might be forced to endure such a fate it's like all right cool guess who Thanks, anyone hussy. is it's <laughs> us <laughs> It's us, the readers. Her... Uh, fourth wall? I don't know her. Well, it's lost. We haven't found the fourth wall yet. <laughs> Anyways, but yes. Then we have a flashback. Then we have a flashback. Um, it, in, incredibly vague. That says, months in the past. Enough for the above weather to be seasonally, seasonably reconcilable. Um, which is... You know, as someone who occasionally does writing, a very good way of dealing with timelines. Just saying, oh yeah, no, this is this is the right amount of time ago for it to make sense. Exactly. Sometimes you just got to put something in brackets and move on. It works. It works. In this flashback, we do get revealed Jade, Dave, and Rose's birthdays, as they are circled on John's calendar as December first for Jade. December 3rd for Dave, and December 4th for Rose. A lot of December birthdays. There are also some clown drawings on on John's wall. Yes, there are. We don't get to see much of them. In the conversation between John and Jade, um, we learn a couple of interesting things, including John's previous screen name, which was Ghosty Trickster. 
initials GG. GT. GT. Fuck. God. Yeah, it's hard. Jade is GG. But also, uh, it, it fits with John from what we know about him, right? The, the, the ghost Ghostbusters and the, the pranks. Tricks. Yeah. Very, pretty straightforward there. In this conversation, yeah, a little bit more about the trolls. We learned that Not there are twelve trolls that Jade has yeah. counted. I'm sure we'll learn more about them in the future as we go. Hmm. No, I think that's probably it. I think we're probably done that's with probably them. It. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. John John changed his username and Jade blocked them, so I don't really see how they could become relevant in any way. <laughs> that's it. This is the last we'll ever hear or know about them. It's a shame. As we know, online privacy is perfect, and there is no way for anyone who wants to cause harm to maliciously get in contact with people who don't want them to. We said making a podcast for publication. From there, we get to transition to John back in the present, and uh, he does see all these clown drawings on all the posters all over his wall, which he blames on the imps. Rose names the kitten Vodka Mutini and says Which that she will call so it Muty for short. Uh, Rose then chats with John. We get a we get a little what was that? An incredibly squeaky chair. We then get a John Rose conversation in the present. Rose notes that John has made a lot of totems for some alchemy. Uh, and also says, Oh, have you been in your dad's room? Oh no, she doesn't. Damn it. Fuck. Someone else summarized this. I'm tired. All right. All right. All right. So in this conversation, John talks about, uh, speculates about where Dave is and what's happening uh, with Dave. Um, and then uh, makes a Freudian slip confusing grist for gushers. Uh, and in fairness, they look like each other. So, you know, honestly, the, it not necessarily Freudian, but given John's uh, emotional connection. No, I I've got, I got you. I got you. Um, and the then complains rocked. about imps ruining his posters. To which Rose oh, says, fuck, "Which posters?" And he's like, "Fucking all of them. Look at them. They're covered in squiggles and shit." And Rose is like, "And you think the imps are responsible for this?" And John is like yeah no shit and rose is like john they've been like that the entire goddamn time and john is like <laughs> i'm not listening anymore yeah he and, represses it then he moves and, on and then we move on and that that is what the conversation is we move on to the best character the mayor W-V. the mayor the mayor is unable boy. to descend from the top of his can-shaped uh, spurb base because there's not enough cable for him to, and he absolutely will not sacrifice his mayoral sash for cables. He does notice some cable uh, nearby on a tower on this frog temple, and so yeah, decides... We get a, a very brief uh, reference to text-based adventures with the Get Ye Rope, which I uh, thoroughly appreciated. Oh. I didn't know that. It's it's a joke in like old text-based adventures. Somebody made a, a joke forever ago about like, and you type in get ye flask and it says you can't get ye flask and you just sit there and wonder why you can't get ye flask. Mm. It so, is actually anyway. uh, from uh, Homestuck predecessor and uh, vintage internet comedy according to Wortman uh Homestar Runner oh. that's what I was referencing yeah yes. Strong Bad makes uh, a text-based adventure that's yeah. a I yeah sorry that, that tracks <laughs> you try to get ye flask and you can't get ye flask anyways WV attempts to get ye rope uh and accidentally purifies John's gift to Jade from the past uh, with a letter to Mr. Mayor. From Jade. She drew a little picture and everything. It's very cute. This is because he has forgotten to set the purifier's time to the present moment instead of the past. 
He's then able to get ye rope uh, or cable, as the fact may be, and ties together the cable so he can climb down. So there is an interesting style note in this section, which is the mayor is incredibly confused at the package at first. Um, And this confusion is shown through little question marks around his head that are drawn in the style of Jade's handwriting. And this is something that will come up multiple times through the comic as um, the writing on the panel of the comic will often take the form of the handwriting of another character in the comic. Yeah, there's more like handwriting from Jade, even just in this section. Which kind of tracks, because we've seen her break the format before. Very relevant much later. As WV repels down the cable, he is watched by an aimless renegade from within the frog temple. He is sighted by an aimless renegade. Through a scope. As we meet our third exile, the aimless renegade. Who has a gun. He's got a gun. <laughs> Interesting uh, medium note here is that instead of the standard like exile introduction where you get a sentence explaining about uh, like an aimless renegade, whatever, 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 or most of this introduction is in actual panels and, and multiple pages instead of like the one page with the multiple panels that you scroll down. And then the final one is the shot of the like the first kind of full character shot um this sort of transition right can we it's it kind of signifies how like this future desert storyline is kind of coming into contact more with our kids uh and their game storyline and and they are in fact the same story it it no longer exists sort of outside of homestuck but is uh enmeshed in the the body of the comic itself yeah indeed Following that, we get uh, another uh, John Jade or John Rose conversation. John. Sorry, um, where Rose provides evidence that John's posters have been scribbled on prior to his entry to Spurb, um, or just after it looks like. Um, and uh, John continues to uh, repress any sort of uh, self-examination regarding this issue. Like any good 13-year-old. Now is when Rose suggests that perhaps John discovered something in his father's room that made this... uh, sort of repression he memories he had of drawing these images on his wall vanish because he could no longer justify that it was in fact his dad's love of clowns the whole thing with john's drawings doesn't make a ton of sense to me yet and i don't know if this is something that will eventually make sense probably yeah there are reasons given for it getting some half and half gestures yeah, it's a little convoluted because it, it's like implied like, oh, John did it and then just repressed it real hard. And it's like, okay. We'll, um, we'll have some we'll, hints about why it could have happened yeah. at the very end of it, this section. It comes section, up later but... in this section, too, when we uh, jump back to stuff. But yeah. we'll get through this first. So from this conversation, we go to page uh 1026 one off from a homestuck number of 1025 uh we go to page 1026 jade or s jade dream up extra arms and play advanced bass solo in which jade switches her bass to kind of the extreme mode that we saw earlier that she can't play with her two arms when she's awake uh but now she can play the whole thing uh with her lot of lots of arms eldritch horror body um, yeah, this is this is part of where like Disney princess but bad kind mm. of like the music's good, but like the multiple arms already the robo body had me going like 
ah, and then the multiple arms, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jade is more and more giving an impression of being something beyond human. Mm, mm-hmm. Hmm. The song in this flash is Robert J. Lake's The Beginning of Something Really Excellent, uh, which is also on volumes five and six. The song is once again longer than what is used in the animation, but uh, this animation is a pretty close mirror to the first Jade uh, song flash. Um, I believe it was Jade play a hauntingly relaxing baseline where we got the reveal that Jade is on the Frog Temple Island. Uh, because here we get the reveal that Jade's dream self is in a golden tower on a golden moon orbiting a golden planet, which is within the game. We get our reveal of the planet Prospet, presumably the Light Kingdom, as a uh, mirror to the Kingdom of Darkness we've been seeing, which is purple colored. So jade dreams in the game which is weird and has implications that i am unsure how to unpack i've just been handed a very large suitcase full of stuff really not sure how to unpack on the moon is not just jade's tower there is a second tower and jade leaves her tower and goes and flies around the city as she does that she sees a friendly face that we recognize. This is Peregrine Mendicant. Indeed. I think. Probably. Yeah. From context, yes. Yeah. It's heavily implied because Robo Jade is following what Dream Jade does. Mm-hmm. And when Robo Jade, where Robo Jade is while looking down at Peregrine Mendicant, the screen then switches back to actually Peregrine Mendicant in the future. In the future. Um, yeah, so so our exiles are NPCs that have left the game somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thus giving them the name Exiles. WV then uh, decides not to quite eat the letter in the envelope, even though they are colored green. And the letter from Jade tells him to give PM the package. Please do this. The freedom of your people depends on it along with drawings that are exactly accurate of what the scene is in front of the mayor. From Hussey here, which says, Jade is obviously just setting them up on a date. She is shipping them through the literal shipping of a parcel. How ironic. Who am I kidding? I burned through all my irony credits an act and a half ago. (laughs) Nice. The aimless renegade opens fire on WV and PM, forcing them to hide behind a rock and wv delivers the parcel to the peregrine mendicant and he does it in the most like scoot 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 <laughs> like like very much me seeing an attractive person at a party that was, that was the vibe i got out of it he just sort of like awkward slide shuffles like i'm not looking at you but as it if you move slow enough, they can only see movement. As we all know, attractive people are Tyrannosaurus Rex. Attractive people are predators. Uh, oh, why? Ooh, ooh. Oops, never mind. Actually, hang on. Hold on. We find out then that Jade has left another letter for PM in the future. While Dream Jade flies over to the other tower on the moon of Prospect and finds that there's a version of John sleeping in it. Yeah. Uh, John with the same defaced walls uh, and a creepy puppet of a jester. Yeah, and the, the, the drawings are like glowing and pulsing, which distinctly makes me think these aren't just some traumatized kid drawing on his walls and then somehow repressing the memory of that this makes it seem like it's something much more than that uh, also i feel like it's noting that the puppet doll only has one arm a scar yeah. across the yeah scar the across eye. the face yeah. over the eye 
hmm. similar to boner or a kernel sprite that was prototyped yeah kernel, kernel sprite, sprite was my first thought actually yeah the boner there it is hey hey spoilers <laughs> i get to call you on it now listen i love you both um that's a that's a that is a spoiler bastion it is uh, we, only sort of no it is uh we then have one page left to go uh jade notes that the moon is getting close to skaya as prospit orbits skaya the the construct of limitless creative potential at the center of the game session uh, very closely <laughs> Uh, and in fact, the moon is about to eclipse Skya, so Jade goes to take shelter in her. There's tower. a lot of questions that this sort of segment raises with the like game versus not game, because John is in the game, but John is in this tower asleep, which is also presumably in the game. So it seems to be like some fucking inception levels of shit or reality or whatnot i don't totally know i don't totally understand it i'm sure eventually possibly i will mm -hmm. but there's there's questions there's a lot of questions and you know how did these game characters get on our world yeah um i i think i don't think this is a spoiler to talk about at this point so sam to answer your question what happened here, because I don't think it actually gets confirmed, is that John has sleepwalked and drawn these images on his walls because he is freaked out by this Jester doll. Okay. But when he sleepwalks on Prospit, he also sleepwalks in his room and so drew the same images on his wall, which then caused his dad to think he likes Jester's which caused all the jester paraphernalia to enter the Egbert's okay. home. So he's just not noticed the and drawings. You don't think this is spoilers? I don't consider what I said a spoiler because it's never formally said. Explained. Like it's never yeah, that's it fair. formally explained. And so it's very hard to understand unless you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no. That's... I can see that there are aspects of it that would be spoilery, yes. No, that's a good explanation, though. I That tracks to me. Because I st still didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. So he just didn't know. The notice... question is, where did this doll come from? Because there is no version of it in John's room. Okay, but he... So you're... Okay. I might be an ADD piece of shit. But, like... I can get used to my surroundings and not notice them, but drawings on my wall that distinct on items that I love? Mm, suspension it. of disbelief is... Mm, okay, sure. Yeah, I think there's, there's some mechanism here that is unknown to us yet. All right. <laughs> um, another thing to talk about now that we've seen uh, Prospit, um, just to keep in our back pockets, um, but I want to mention it here because this is where Wortman mentions it, um, mm -hmm. is we get a lot of the sort of like contrasting vibes from the Kingdom of Prospit and the Kingdom of Darkness. And here the, she says that We've seen John and Jade uh, in two towers on Prospit, mm -hmm. and we can infer a, a mirror moon with mirror towers on the Kingdom of Darkness. We've already seen a mirror moon and a mirror planet in WV's drawings, if we even want a red string to there. Sure. And so um, we can then further infer that perhaps two other towers might contain two other dreamers. Um, and she ties in um, the, the light and dark um, and connects it to the literary concepts of the Apollonian and the Dionysian, which we will come back to later uh, when we get a little more information on the Kingdom of Darkness. Could you uh, define the two terms, though, please? 
Yes, I think they come from theater originally. Maybe mm. I don't know, Sam. Do you know much about the Apollonian and the Dionysus? I mean, not really. I know about um, the two gods, but I don't know about the literary term. All right, Google. Yeah, so that is where the oh the Apollonian comes. is in Apollo. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Sorry. Um, but the the Apollonian is um sort of very structured and very ordered and uh it's a uh, from wikipedia apollo is the god of the sun of rational thinking and order and appeals to logic prudence and purity dionysus is the god of wine and dance of irrationality and chaos and appeals to emotions and instincts the ancient greeks did not consider the two gods to be opposites or rivals although they were often entwined by nature yeah so we'll we will keep an eye on that as it develops okay. as well very cool. All right. And with that, our reading has concluded. Next time, we finish Act 3. That is, we read through page 1153. If you get to the intermission, you've gone too far. All right. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, follow us on Tumblr at Serious Business Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Serious Bus Pod. Uh, you can leave us a nice review or your favorite coffee pasta on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, does anyone else have any uh, commercials we want to do? Um, you can follow me personally uh, on TikTok at Ghost in the Bathroom and on my personal Twitter at Ghost NT Bathroom. I do cosplays. And I talk about whatever book I'm currently reading. When are you going to do Rose? Um, here's the thing. I, I was looking through my props and stuff today uh, just because I was sort of half-heartedly cleaning. And I have enough things that I could do a... Um, Closet cosplay. Of, of the cat. Of the mutant cat. <laughs> <laughs> I have all of the things... <laughs> Unfortunately, That's... the mutant cat doesn't have any lines. I don't need could, lines, like, baby. I'm the cutest fucking TikTok, cat you've but... ever seen. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of good cat sure. sounds. Could do a here, comes, here the boy. comes the boy. The cat came back. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I mean, honestly, a closet cosplay of Muty is the most, like, Homestuck fandom thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it it was legend to do like closet cosplay within hours, sometimes minutes of an update of like the oh, weird yeah. side the introduction character. of characters. Yeah. yeah. I love that. All right. All right. I see your challenge. Uh, and it would give you a good excuse to wrap the podcast on sure. your I, actual I social to, media. I've been thinking about making a trailer for TikTok. I just haven't done it yet. I promise I will. And if you're here from that trailer that I will eventually make, then hi, welcome to the party. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. With that, uh, this podcast is concluded. Listener, hit next. <laughs>